The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am here today with my co-host Brendan, and we have a special guest for you, which is Joey Carbo from the New Orleans-based, uh, I guess we call them Stoner Sludge Doom uh, Experimental Metal Band Worms. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really great to have you on. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Sludge. Uh, noise Rock is is what Noise Rock is where we yeah. But but I like all those. Maybe not the the Stoner thing. I don't think we. I don't know if we ever did that, but I don't think we did. Take that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if we played music in that um, in that way. I mean, I don't know. Well, do you want to tell people a little bit about sort of yourself and the band and, and what you are all about? Uh, I can try. Oh, um, so yeah, we're from New Orleans, Baton Rouge, like those uh, pretty much like sister cities here, but. Uh, I guess worms. Um, you know, it's it's supposed to be a little weird and 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 unsettling. Um, it's the way I intend it anyway. So, you know, I just don't like uh, I don't like things to be too too on the nose, like writing wise and 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 just sort of the like you know I don't I really want don't really want anyone to ever be able to to pick one of my bands out of out of the lineup. You know, like that the, the so I guess we, we try to do lots of lots of things and and go a different place with every record, but um, really noisy and 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 chaotic shit. And then like especially like if you come to if you come to a Worms show, everyone knows knows what to expect, and it, it it's a little fucking unhinged. Like we uh we like a we like a really really high energy show. I always liked bands that uh. I never, you know, a band. I never even, even really great bands. If if someone's just standing there and you know they can't, there's not a lot of a lot of energy to it. When I when I saw, you know, when I see someone just just fucking just going off and, and you know and losing any connection to 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 your to sense of, of whether you hurt yourself or you know or time passing even you know like that that always was it was a big deal to me and then and so for for worms i think we try to, to always put that in and so that's that's the main thing we want i guess it's just everyone can expect a a good quality record we always work you know extremely hard on on the curating designs and and all that and then the records are are always up, you know, one piece of music. I don't ever feel like it's just, a, you know, some seven or eight songs on the same piece of work. But uh, that and, you know, and and just crazy, crazy fucking shows where we really just just go off. And I guess that's, uh, you know, really, really big, big, noisy, powerful shit. Amps that are too loud and too big to make, too big to even make any sense. But, uh, that's that's uh that's about it that's everything i can think of musically like i'm not talking about like your sound but like as Mm -hmm. far as songwriting and structure and stuff and like energy and uh comedy and stuff goes i you you guys kind of remind me of uh melvin's um yeah that's uh, a little different right yeah the and there's a i think there's a lot of um the kind of the the smarter smart assery 
to me yes. goes back to more more so i guess if i if i had to if i had to uh, to to brutally honestly own up to where i stole it from i would say more like bands like combat wounded veteran you remember that band or the noise band yeah yeah well gr- grindcore from uh mm-hmm. florida i think I they were I know from gainesville at the time um like i don't know your age but it would be a um this would have been a like a late 90s band early early yeah. 2000s band at the most no maybe even mid 90s honestly mid to late 90s like when i started pretty much um yeah and uh, the you know let's see they had just they had great song titles and and the and the art was like uh there's an album called i know a girl who develops crime scene photos i think that's the one with the with the booklet and it's got these like disembodied corpses that are like landmine victims or something and they're <laughs> like they're washing body parts in a in a washing machine it's like these absurdist scenes and right. it was just so great and then song titles you know like uh asshole means i'm better than you or just you know it's like really smart ass you know like a hundred songs with 10 word titles and the album was only 14 <laughs> minutes long you know yeah yeah right yeah you guys like um where do you like like you know, um, the puns, like everything is like uh-huh. super funny. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful way to uh, have uh, all it's, it out, you know. Man, I I can't I can't stop now that I now that I've gotten started. It's it's yeah. too much fun. And then also, I'll the just joke the bands, you know, shit. like it's great. Yeah, if you go to the first record, there's a lot of hidden shit in there that I that a lot of people never even bring up to me and as as much as much as people like that record and and every time it gets repressed we sell them really fast and people just really like that fucking record and it really yeah. surprises me how much people don't notice of all the little hidden Benny, Benny, fuck shit you. that's in there <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, like there's etching there's etching on the vinyl itself that has some of the words from uh from racist kevin in it but so that that song in particular racist kevin um a friend of mine let's see so I don't, I'm not going to remember the entire thing, but basically I had written these two lines and I was proud of them or whatever. Oh, no, no. I know what it was. I wanted to write a limerick. And, and I said, you know, I never wrote a, a limerick before. I don't want to fuck around with the structure of a limerick. So I yeah, sat down yeah. and, and wrote a limerick <clears throat> and then I sent it to him and he's he was laughing, you know, and I said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to write a, a song that that is a limerick. Like, so the lyric structure of the song is a limerick. And I want to see what it would do to this song, what it would do to the music. Like musically, what would you have to do to accommodate um, a, a rhythmic structure that is a, lim- a, a fucking limerick on the melodic side? And so that was what I was curious about. And he goes, well, that's fine and all, but you'll never be able to write like four more of these lines. Like this is you're, you've exhausted this rhyme scheme. And he's like, you're rhyming on the same, you're rhyming on the same, like you're not even allowing yourself a second syllable to rhyme. And anyway, he just, he, he was telling me structurally why there was no fucking possible way I was going to come up with enough lyrics that would fit that limerick structure to fill up a song. And it's a short song, but it actually has more, more lines than most of the longer songs. So I did it only just to show my friend I could do it. And that's where, that's where racist seven came from. (laughs) but i think yeah just being a smart ass in general honestly the melvins they've they they did some uh a lot of what i what i would say i didn't what i borrowed from them would be more like the the vagary of everything i always what i always liked about them was how 
really vague everything is. And I mean, there's a side to that where that I don't like so much in that. Okay, like if he had only not written lyrics for Houdini, and then you had a song like uh, like Hooch, where the, the their nonsense syllables that you can form into these fake words, and then everyone always says the same fake word over and over again. Like to me, that's brilliant, but it's not. But that's not the same thing as just random stream of consciousness fucking words, and then you never actually sit down and write lyrics. And then, right. you know, whatever, like he's not that kind of guy who doesn't write lyrics, whatever. But but that yeah. part only once I found out he did that all the time and it wasn't just on that one record, I was less impressed by that. But I still like the fact that you can't say what's going on on any one song. Like, I don't want anyone to be able to look at <clears throat> to look at Worms and and say, OK, this is uh, these are their politics or this is this song is about this or this song's about that. And not even because not because I don't put enough careful attention into songs and that they aren't about things. They are. They all are. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. you know, it's it, back in the late 90s. I guess it was like that. There were a lot of bands where the music was a vehicle for something else. The music was there because politically they had something to say and right and that that's all fun but the way i always felt about it was kind of like you're you're invading my world and you're bringing your bullshit into it like like it has nothing to do with with how i might feel about those things it's just like that's not what music's for music's not a vehicle for that music music is the fucking is the reason it's not the it's not the other way around right so i kind of like the the vagary of all of that instead of sort of wearing your emotions on your sleeve or, you know, there's, I guess the, the different tropes you can do with, with, with the, with the genre, you know, like there's, right. there's a, there's a range of emotions outside of fucking anger, you know, like there's, right. there's, there's other ones. Like, wait, like you look at unicorn corn and you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like, so all right, go ahead. That's the song about Trump. Is it? No, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Not. Right. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> And that was—that's a—that's uh, a personal joke. There was a a lady who used to do some stuff for us, I think social media stuff like that. A friend of friend of the band and stuff. And uh, I think I was trying to—I would text her a picture of a unicorn and then a picture of a cob of corn. And it was like it became accidentally a way of saying like everything's cool, like it, everything is unicorn corn. And I don't know how we ended up saying it. So we were all fucked up one night and I told her that I was going to make, I would make it a song title on the record. And she just thought I was playing around. She didn't think I was really going to do it. And she didn't know until she saw it printed, like till she saw the vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> then, she, then she didn't even, she told me I was stupid and then I wasted it. Like, it was kind of like, well, she liked it, but at the same time it was like, you know, you, that, that joke meant that like i don't even that was important to you you know what i mean it was more like a thing i remembered and she didn't give a fuck yeah (laughs) which made it it made it better yeah like yeah yeah i think i'm doing something cool but that's great so um have you had like so you had the music going and whatnot so have you had any um like puns come up like before a song like and you're just like i just have to use this title Somewhere. Oh yeah. So a lot of, I, I'll keep a list actually. I've got like a song title list and I don't do that for any other thing, like any other projects or my, I, I've made a ton of fucking solo records and I'm always working on that stuff. And I, I never do that. I don't write songs that way. I don't write 
songs around titles, but Correct. with yeah. Worms, then, you know, there's, with the records, you usually get in about 60% goofy fucking titles that don't mean anything. So sometimes it'll be, you know, it'll, so there's, there's one I'm afraid of, of having stolen before it comes out because now we're putting like a year behind the record, whereas we were going to put it out. So I've got two really great new ones that for the new record that I'm afraid someone's going to steal, but I had these before I had the, uh, before I had the song, I just knew like the title. So then I might sit around and just, you know, and I'll come up with a, with an, with a thing. And maybe that becomes a character or maybe character, or maybe it's a story and it has nothing to do with it. But one, we're going to be playing on this tour. It's called, it's, this might be my favorite, but it's called uh, half astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that one's going good. It sounds, it sounds really, really good. We've got the new synth in there. Like I'm playing, keyboard on the side of the guitar and i've got a volume switch to control that for and the other one is is uh eugene like the name eugene uh yeah. eugene jacket like <laughs> as though as though it were his first and last name that's funny i'm looking for uh eugene jacket <laughs> yeah right so that, now uh, i can at least i can i can put that out there and if it gets stolen i, I said like i what is it where are we at january 24 like i thought of it in like yeah. 2023 and now here we are officially talking about it if anyone steals it after january 14th we got it <laughs> we got it down <laughs> oh that's awesome I have to say my favorite song that you've done that I've heard out of all your stuff was the the single you released from Slake, um, Find a Meal, Find a Bed, Find a God. I love that track. Oh, thanks. The um that was the first worm song ever. And I wrote that song in the amount of time it took to play it. There was um it was one of those like if you know, everyone, every musician writer knows what what it's like when you have songs that you you can't really take credit for, like you pick up the, your guitar just to tune it, and then you accidentally mm -hmm. play something really that then you're like, oh fuck, that's a song. Give me a minute with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it was like that. I was just getting ready to to move some shit around or whatever, and I picked up the guitar and just played it. And I had I started out, you know, in bands kind of like this, and then I spent a long time playing different kinds of music and playing in different kinds of bands, and I put. I wanted to come back and do this for like a year and make make the record mix like and then I found you know the guys to do a couple of shows and then it just it just went like I didn't really choose to uh to keep doing it wasn't my plan worms was supposed to be just like a, a little one year project and then I was just gonna go back to playing playing other shit doing doing other stuff but but worms just like it was just going too well so we had to keep doing it but yeah, that was the first, that song just came out of the first idea of, uh, of making, of making Slake and, and putting a heavy band together. And, and that was more or less, I always felt like was the, still maybe like it defines, it defines the band, at least up to a point we've, uh, this will be the first year we've taken it out of the set list too, actually. I believe uh -huh. we've played that song at every single worm show probably ever. Wow. You're just going to be just mixing it up, seeing how other stuff does. Shit, are we still here? Like in the beginning, I guess it. I felt like it ticked all the boxes of what the band does because 
I didn't want to do, I wanted to do clean singing with this band and then, and, and we're doing a lot more of that now and a lot more harmonics and stuff like that. But, um, I knew I didn't want to scream like I had done with other bands. And I also kind of felt like that was, it's just a little played out. I'm, I mean, we've been, we've been screaming for a long time now and, and I mean, we as a community, but we can, uh, it, it felt like, okay, it's got the, you know, quieter, more layered textures that we do. It's got straight up riffs, you know, yeah. <clears throat> so it just felt like it was never, never a good time to take it out of the set, but <clears throat> we're going back to some, some old stuff and then not, not having a record to tour on. We're going to go back and play all these, all these older songs. So yeah, it's going to get, it's getting cut for the first time. Um, Do you have a, a new, a new favorite taking its place? Yeah. The, um, let's see. We were just, we were working all day yesterday. And I've got this in front of me somewhere. The new song, actually the one I was talking about half astronaut, that new one is, is really fucking pretty hard so far. We were playing it yesterday even without um without miguel here without the bassist here and it sounds really good like really really strong and and powerful and ben uh michon the new guitar player he gets to uh he gets to spread his legs a little bit stretch his legs on this one a little bit because to spread his legs okay. <laughs> yeah because it's it you know it's new and he gets to write his way into it more so than just do whatever i did on the previous you know on the record right he gets some creative freedom yeah, right. So he's got there's some little uh you know he's not he's not the same kind of a guitar player as me at all. So there's nice. like little things where instead of where I would normally take a fill section or 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 play over or whatever <clears throat> then I'll you know I can say he can take the fill and then when he does it I know what's going to come out is is not going to be what I would do, but what's really cool about what he's been doing so far is he he translates his playing through the lens of, but, but this is how you would do it if you were in worms, you know, like he's, yeah. he's, you, you know, I like, I know he's not that kind of player and, and the, the dude's got good fucking hands. I mean, he can, he's like a really good thrash player. He plays blues really well. He's a good all around player. And so he's worked on a couple of solos. I never really liked straight up guitar, like cheese ball, fucking straight up solos. Like they're, they're cool. Like if I'm listening to Tom Petty or something like that, but I never wanted to be in a band that just like did these rip shit solos, you know, but yeah. You know, yeah. And I never really wanted to be that kind of guitar player either. It's not really interesting. Do I save it for the live sets? Yeah. Right. So the, the, he, he's doing basically like a, it's sort of a, the, he's, he, he he intuited pretty easily how off kilter and sort of weird things needed to be like for a, for a worm song you you know you don't always just there's always a note that's that's somewhere misplaced or there's a you know the tuning is off but you don't the tune I don't tune weird so I can then play around it or play easily like I'll tune strange so that the chord actually sounds strange and then yeah you know sometimes it takes two guitars playing to to get the the whole weirdness of it out which is there on the records and he's done a really good job of just being able to pick those things out and you know because you can't you can't come to me and ask me hey f i can i can play you a riff from five years ago but i can't tell you like 
okay, when we did this crazy fucking noise part right here, we had an amp in a hallway and I fucking, you know, threw a guitar at it or I had some pedals over <laughs> here and I, you know, but all I can do is go back and try to make that sound again. And he's, he's done really good at, at picking up on like, you know, we'll start playing and he does something and it's like, oh shit, that's the thing I did with like a, a keyboard and a, and a fucking rubber duck or whatever. And he figured out how to make the noise on guitar, you know? Right. And it's, it's really cool. <laughs> it's working out good. Yeah. Um, I saw the other day you had uh, it posted about a, uh, a Whamola. Did yeah, you I just got did one. You, no, did I didn't build it. I bought, I, I got it. Um, I had it made. I want to say where are they doing it? Maybe in Denver or in one of the Carolinas or something. Um, the, I, and I got it because I wanted to build one though. And so instead of buying a kit, I was thinking I would just get one and reverse engineer it. And then I guess in my head, I was like, I'll figure out what's fucking wrong with it. And I'll figure out how to put some high strings on it and play it with a bow. And then it'll really make, you know, all that. That's probably all the shit I was thinking when I got it. But like yeah. now I got it. It's just a fucking whamola. You know, like it's just a, it's a wash tub base with a whammy bar. Like there, there ain't a lot to it. But yeah, it's whenever a, I see those, I think of uh, the dude from Primus, um, right? Liz, Liz <laughs> so I think, yeah, Liz. I think he he made him famous, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Watch the. Uh, I saw it in a I saw it in a video, and then I was surprised to see that you can get them made for like I think shipping and all. It was like three forty, three fifty. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I mean there looks ain't, like a lot of fun too, lot to know? it, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I sat yesterday and uh put on the uh the the mollusk, the ween album. Nice. And I just kinda sat here and played Whamola to that. Like after we practiced all day and I didn't want to stand up anymore and I don't want to play guitar anymore. I just sat down and put that record on and played Whamola to it. And it's pretty cool like that. I don't know that I would Try to use trying to use it on stage to me seems like it would be a pain in the fucking ass, but but I don't know. Um, I'm anxious for Miguel for our bassist to get our, get his hands on it because he's he's an extremely good player. I want to see what uh what someone like that can do with it as opposed to like I I don't know like the instruction says it tells you all this different shit and it's like you know be patient and it's worth it and blah blah blah. But honestly, <laughs> after after like three hours with it, I think I've gone as far as I can go with the Whamola. Like, I think I learned all the tricks, but who knows? Did you see the South Park special, the uh, like anniversary show? Oh, the had? Red Rocks thing? Yeah. Actually, I did, and I had meant to watch that for forever, and um, I just saw it recently. Uh, probably Actually, might be why I bought the fucking Whamola, to tell you the yeah, truth. Yeah, right, because um, he plays that on that, stage. Because now that you say that, that was pretty recent that I watched that thing. Yeah. Uh, he, um, Brendan, if you haven't seen it, it was uh, members of uh, Ween, and uh, Les Claypool from Primus was there, and then they had members of Rush, a ton of good musical guests. Yeah, it was cool, and the um, I, and I don't, haven't seen it now. I was, it's it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's a little. It ta- it's a little long, but yeah. uh, it's fun though. But it's it's, it's a lot of fun, especially when they um, when the bands are playing, not so much the show tunes, which some of those were cool. But honestly, I was mm. skipping through to listen to the bands play the band songs and not so much yeah. the the South Park songs. But the songs, yeah, the, the band so, songs were great. Right. It took them a couple of months to, which I'm, you know, it sounds like I'm 
Like, I don't remember why I bought a fucking Whamola, but you have to remember it takes like three months for them to make the fucking thing. So yep. <laughs> in that time, I don't remember all the specifics, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm self-aware enough to admit that I may have just sat down and watched, so let's watch this fucking thing and then went <laughs> online and bought it. But I don't remember having done that, but it's, it sounds like it, that sounds very likely now putting the pieces together. <laughs> That's funny. It's like <laughs> randomly being like, you know what? I need a whamola. I don't know how he keep like at that volume though. So it's just a naked single coil pickup sitting out there on a piece of wood. Like yeah. you, the feedback issues must be insane. Yeah, I'm sure. Practicing like going to fine tune and stuff because he's been playing it for a long time. I know, I know. <laughs> and he does it with like huge ensembles and shit, doesn't he? Like his big yeah. jam band. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Yeah, I'd be curious to know how how uh, how much of a that dude, pain in the ass that is to do that. He's a bass god. Like he's a real <laughs> bass. Yeah, dude's dude's really good. And then like so even the Wamola, like you're gonna watch him play it and it seems like a really cool toy, but you can't fucking do what he's doing with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like yeah. slap happy with that thing, dude. Yeah, because if you really get into it and you watch the the videos, even when he's playing it, like if you were to turn off every other instrument, he's not even playing notes. It, it's it would be the same thing as if you took a stick and slapped a countertop with it. As far as <laughs> the musicality of the whole thing, right? And then like, getting nice reverb and all that, you know, it's like right. you're like hell yeah. yeah. It's not even really music that he's that he's making. It, it it's sounds. like when it combines with other things. Yeah, when those sounds combine with other yeah, things. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's kind of it's not really now. Maybe he could play it all by himself, but I have a feeling even even Claypool would have trouble pulling off a solo whamola performance. <laughs> it's I a never heard of that sparse fucking instrument. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have My to like, use, know, uh, like become like a live looper. Right. Do, do do something that's never been done and make a band that's solely uh, Whamola, uh, uh. boning and spoons. Well, like a Wham cover band. That's oh only- yeah! Oh shit! There you go. That that was the missing piece right there. <laughs> that's it. We got it. We can make this happen. <laughs> Brendan, I think this is probably a good time for you to ask some of those uh, those oh. local uh, city questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys, uh, we were talking, you know, earlier. Uh, we can segue back a little bit to the right. uh, to live shows. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a um, like a favorite venue in your area, local venue? Uh, locally here. Oh, yeah, like your spot, dude, like this is where Worms hometowns. Yeah, like- there, man. I, I, so you you have to remember Katrina is one thing. Oh, um, yeah. So there's those the the spot that I would tell you, and anyone else from the city would have probably told you the same thing. It's fucking gone because of that. But uh, but right now probably Siberia is is a really cool like smaller little venue. Um. We did, uh, and it, you know, it's still it's big enough, and it it's it's also just the reputation it has, and and because the the green room is 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 really do is really hospitable, uh, really humane, and uh, that's 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 rare for New Orleans. So it in that way, even even bigger bands can can play there. Like you, we played with uh, with Fiend Without a Face there recently, like uh, with Brent Hines' uh, other band. 
So okay, yeah, yeah. The like they can it's it's big enough that you can accommodate, you know, like Goat Whore plays there, even I Hate God plays there still sometimes, I believe. Um nice. like you can get bigger bands when you can get bands like that into a into a smaller space, those are always my favorite. Like I don't I don't really like being on a on a stage like four feet above everyone else. I feel like a show it, with with this with this with this thing with with this genre or, or this community the, when when the people are on the same level on the floor and and they're right close in your face and you know like yeah. those are all i don't wherever i am those are my favorite venues but it's more of one of those kind of spots you know and then there's nicer places in new orleans like big you know stage shows and, and some clubs that are cool and all that but um yeah but that one and then there's a new new ish one which is probably a couple of years old called the goat and we're supposed to do our tour kickoff there on may 22nd and that is uh i think it's in the treme if i'm not mistaken or right outside of it and i've heard a lot of good things about it but it'll it'll be my first time going there nice oh yeah um do you have a favorite uh, venue outside of um, Nola? Oh like, man, you know. lots of them, lots of them. But uh, there's they're mostly for um for like old manish reasons, not so much musician reasons, probably. No, that's all like, right. Uh, I'm getting to be an old man, so let me know. <laughs> let's see. So um, it I really like Mobile. Um, Mobile's got a cool is is a cool town right now the cool city right now um everybody's like the the turnout's cool the crowds are extremely energetic it's really cool but i i believe that i read that they're closing like the coolest venue there i believe alabama music box and and hopefully i'm not putting out some bullshit here and it's another place that's closing but uh i believe that that one is not going to be there anymore but there's a place called the merry widow that that we really like and that one has and it's funny i think i like all these places for the exact same reason uh they all have super sick accommodations um like uh one of them has a suite of rooms above the bar that's like bigger than my house and and it's like you you can get it for i don't even i mean it's like nothing the the amount like a cleaning fee or whatever and you and you can stay there so it was cool like especially on on the road you can like you we we got there and then i realized like you can literally stay in one place all fucking day i don't have to go out to get food i don't have to go out to get rest i don't have to worry about where i'm going i can walk from downstairs onto the stage pretty much and it was it was like that sounds like some spoiled bitch shit and i guess it is but that's that was like i want to say cherry street tavern is the one that and the cobra in chicago is we really that was probably that and alabama music box were our favorite spots like i think the whole band agreed on like for the from the last run hell yeah and cobra had cobra's got in chicago even as a even as a as a a member of the general public uh cobra is really cool the um they've got like really gourmet food they make like hamburgers with all kinds of wild shit on them, like arugula and like, like different uh, little tiny little micro flavors, like sort of mixed in that you wouldn't expect. Uh, but yeah, like really, yeah. really good, like bloody steak hamburger 
and different things like that on the menu, like not, not a straight up bar menu. Like you could, you feel good about not leaving the venue to eat. Like it, you know, you could actually get a real meal there that you felt yeah, good about yeah, eating, you know? Yeah. Instead yeah. of just, you know, some fried shit or the taco truck that might make you shit in a bathroom. Right. Right. <laughs> Whatever, but yeah. I classic. love burgers, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And it's, it's not always like, before a right before a show you can't do it but if you can get there early enough to eat a burger and and have time to let it settle then yeah yeah like grab it for uh, to eat again all day, late, late lunch or something right. or yeah yeah those are and those are those, probably my favorite places because of that and and anything though that where there's a, a green room attaches to the stage i'm i'm all about that and even That's better if if it doesn't attach to a stage, if it just attaches to like a dirty fucking floor where the the only boundary between the audience is like the monitor is like on the floor. That's that's my favorite joints. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, spot down here, the Cherry Street Station. That's like it's set up okay. basically like the uh, the stage for it is only like maybe two or maybe three feet high if that and there's like a couple steps to get up it so it's like you're they're playing like just slightly higher than you you know what i mean like yeah great it's like it's actually really nice because then like um if you're like a short dude like myself like you're not lost and like not being able to see the band play you know what i mean but you yeah i'm not like staring at their knees you know what i mean right and it's it's almost like being on the on the floor but not quite it's better for the sound but yeah when, once you're up and like you know your feet are at head level with the audience i don't know man it stops being yeah fun at, at some but point it's like it's almost like it's not a play or like a freaking yeah right container. like or if i've got to take if i've got to take like five full strides to like you know lean against my bass player and and so i can see what the fuck he's doing in, in case i need to or just for any reason like if i can't just lean over and touch one of the other guys if i've got to go walking over to him like yeah yep. i'm not <laughs> i'm just like instantly just feel like i'm doing some sort of a job but that there's point, you know? uh, a venue here in san diego that you would probably love then called till two uh-huh. and it's uh literally just a dive bar and they, they, they made some space in the corner and put a stage that's floor level height about the size of a sedan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> It's got like pretty loud speakers, but when you're seeing a band there, like you're standing eye level height with them right in front of them and they're just playing yeah. straight to you. So it's kind of fun. I, um, I mean, I think it can go too far, you know, like in that situation there, I don't want to play in a fucking shotgun house. Like mm-hmm. I want to, <laughs> like there's a, there's a place, uh, where is it? Um, there's a really cool place in Athens. Shit, I'll remember it. it but it's a, it, you know, you can put three or four hundred people in there, four or five hundred people in there. But it's still the ones that are in the front are going to be right in your face. But there's right. a, um, oh, I can tell you about a venue here that's worth noting. Uh, just for that, on general principle, it's called Babylon. It is outside of New Orleans in Mattery, I believe, and it's literally a bar i believe that a normal sized man could probably lay down with his feet at the bar stool and his arms outstretched and touch the the wall on the other side of the bar or at least come close to it and they put metal bands in that i've seen five pieces of metal <laughs> bands play in there and it's it's fucking insane like you can 
you could play guitar, reach the bar, pick up a beer off the bar, and like never have to step away from your mic stand. And they smoke <laughs> cigarettes in there. So it's it's fuck it's basically like everyone is the question is, have you ever played Babylon and why don't you anymore? Basically. That's <laughs> okay. Not- <laughs> There's a uh, space like that in Connecticut here. Like I saw uh, my buddy's band came through and I went to say hi. And I'm just like, holy shit. It was like, I think it was at the bottom of like an art gallery. And it was literally like a room, a a small, small room that probably, for some reason it had a bar in it and all these little things, like the tiniest rec room, you know what I mean? And like, if there was three bands worth of uh, like space in there, like to store their gear, like that, and then there was yeah. probably room for like fifteen people. And, oh, man, we had to do merch in the parking lot at this joint. There was now, and yeah. and I should say, like while I'm saying all this, the people at Babylon are cool as fuck. And as much as I would say that, like I won't do this again, I did thoroughly enjoy the show we played there. It was, yeah, it, yeah, was a, yeah. it was a fucking ripper, but like smelling like cigarettes and and having to have merch like out on the gravel parking lot was just too much of a too much of an ask especially when you know what you, your head count's going to be like 50 right and that's with half of them outside <laughs> listening from outside <laughs> right right yeah i mean this place like now that i was referring to is like you know it's a small little little space and it was definitely really cool like it yeah you know i definitely go back again but like um, if I was like an artist, um, and I saw it for the very first time, I was like, oh, sweet. This is the storage space. Where's the band? Right. Where's yeah. The- yeah. yeah. Playing? You know what I mean? And then sometimes like, those oh, places will, yeah, that's fucked. Sometimes they'll surprise you. Like you, I've rolled up on some of what I thought were going to be the worst fucking nightmares. And, and it was, and, and it ends up being a great show. Like, yeah. Oh, I definitely had a great show. It was an awesome show. It was fun, but I was like, the space really surprised me for sure. I was just like, yeah, this is an odd, odd spot. All right, cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, and then guys- some of those, like when a sound guy can do like amazing things with, you know, $500 worth of shit that wasn't good when it was brand new. Like that's, that's always, that, that's usually what you, what you find in places like, like that. That's why those places stick around because, you know, you got a guy like that, that can pull, that can pull sound on some old shit. Like, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't yeah, need yeah. Every, everything to, to make it sound good. And you just, you know, you get lucky with acoustics or just whatever, but some of those little dives, man, they just, it's, I don't even think it's just the energy. I think it, I think the show literally does sound better in there than, you know, right. sometimes you get the right atmosphere or whatever. The right yeah, building yeah. Or whatever. If you guys hey. ever played down in San Diego, you would either do probably brick, a place called Brick by Brick, which is uh-huh. the main metal venue in town, um, or there's a place called the Casbah, which is like where all the noise rock bands play. Okay, and, yeah, I've um, heard of that one. Keanu Reeves sometimes watches shows there, which is really cool. Um, and that's in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. and uh, that place is some some really cool bands. Like any of the legends you can think of from the noise scene have basically played there when they've come through. Huh. Yeah, like I, I, I saw Unsane there recently, and it was a great show. Oh, and they they were doing the uh, the old the old songs. Yeah, all the old songs that tour. Yeah, yeah. That, that was excellent. Yeah, I feel like venues around here, like the one that probably would get you in like quicker than others, would probably be set up like the stage that you're like, damn it, I'm like 
three feet taller than everybody. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Oh no, but, it's just. Um, uh, I saw it's... Crowbar play there, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's cool. That's good stuff. Yeah, those places are are fine. I'm just like if I if I got my wish every night. Oh no, of course not. I got the floor, but yeah, like, they we don't we don't we don't get them enough. You know, like the which it's you know it's great to be in nice places like like the Cobra for instance is like oh man it's just it's just super super nice but it's not a you know you don't get the concert hall treatment there yeah you know? yeah like it's not it's not so it's it's extremely professional but not to the point of being stuff shirt you know yeah i saw there's this uh cool little band um that was playing in a place in hartford and like the uh the singer like is like you know he's singing and then he like jumps off like stage dives runs like you know around the back crowd and then like back up the stairs and like he's still like singing again didn't miss anything you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. so tiny but it was like it, it's big enough but like you know uh, it was, it's wild it was cool some wild shows there yeah there's Brandon. a oh sorry, oh, sorry go ahead. i was gonna say oh. the handlebar in pensacola yeah. is a is a I always we played there recently, and I and I had played there, but it would it was like I don't know, fifteen years ago or 20, whatever, and I and really remember how small it was. But I I think it's it's so wild. Some of the bands that I've seen playing there, like uh, like bands with six, seven fucking people, and the place is like a little bit larger than a daiquiri shop, kind of. But yeah, it's got a second like an area you can watch the bands like a patio but there's there's a glass wall or whatever but uh but yeah it's it's crazy to me some of the bands that have been up on that little stage i think uh Godhor was there recently and they they take up a lot of real estate on stage i don't know how they did it yeah brendan i know you normally have some great questions about uh food and i'm it's louisiana so yeah, love to yeah. um are beignets better down mm-hmm. in NOLA than anywhere else. I don't know that I've had a beignet anywhere else. Um, but they, they're better than homemade ones that I've had. Like, yeah, like I had a, um, like an adult of some type make, make me some when I was a kid. I can't remember who made them or, what who who the fucking beignet lady was but i remember <laughs> but then we don't call them that we call them french donuts uh yeah yeah which could be a country thing i don't, I don't know but um if you go now that's one thing i would say like as far as the the hype and of it uh the only place in new orleans worthy of any of that shit is actually that place uh where you stand in line uh what the fuck's it called uh is it French market? Um, I think it's French market. There's a, and you get hot chocolate and, and beignets. You stand and people stand in line all all day. Like it's an extremely long line. Yeah. Um. That's the that's the only place that now all the other tourist places and that's in the tourist area and everything. They're not worth it, but that place really is. Um. And another thing that people don't really know is you don't have to stand in that line. There's a there's a dude, and his job is basically just to walk down up and down the line and police it and kind of keep everybody in single file and just sort of watch it. And all you got to do is give the guy twenty bucks, and he will like it, 
like as if it were the most normal thing in the world, he'll pull you out of line and take you ahead of people and just basically <laughs> tell these people like they're skipping you because they gave me money. You know, like it's just, it's just understood. Oh, well, you know, he's, they're like, excuse they me. Fucking paid hey, the guy. Like, you know? well, how come I didn't get to the front? <laughs> Most people get me 30 bucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, right. The well, he, you know, just bring you. It's a long enough line. But you pay the guy, he's like, I'll see you for the money you give it to him, and he starts walking away. Like, oh, money just for because they have a really good joke you know like some right. some stupid thing that, that they invented because no one no one in new orleans really just flat out you you don't you don't you don't panhandle for nothing like you, you're gonna have at least they, they all have an act and it's always it's good you know it's not just straight up you know i need oh, some that's so much it's, better it's, california yeah, is it's, just it's like give me money, money. Yeah. yeah right it's it's not, buskers there's there's no sob story. There's none of that. It's just like a, a fucking five minute comedy routine, and and then you get to s- decide what that's worth. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. And the but uh, food wise, I would I would say that like, or even I would say in general, don't even go to New Orleans as a tourist unless you know someone that lives there. It's it's just a fucking yeah night. yeah. Because like we're always like you know. Hey, if like, you know, like, oh, you know, James and I are going to come down and visit, like, where are you going to bring us? You know, like, we don't want right. to go to the, all the touristy stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't want to. And I mean, even, even in the sense of like, when I go or when anyone goes anywhere, they, they want to avoid the touristy traps. But, but in New Orleans, even, even more so just because all of the traditional food that you, that you, that you would hear so much about if you eat it in one of these places in the quarter, you're not gonna leave with any idea really of what that's what that food tastes like. It's not it's uh-huh. not, it's just not worth it. But they yeah. they've opened up a lot of the little neighborhoods and stuff and uh people have um basically residential areas that are I guess they zoned them a different way and people are putting bars and restaurants in, in their houses, like in their in their backyards, building like extremely nice bars and restaurants and shit like like social clubs and shit like that. And those I've are seen, really the best places to eat. Wow. I've seen um that's a, uh there's a couple spots that I've seen that are like uh, little mini microbreweries and things like that too. Mm-hmm. And it's like someone's garage and then next thing you know, you got like everybody's like parking down the street and showing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they got really good breakfast joints like that. Like it's a, it's just a neighborhood, but for, you know, for the the brunch hours on the weekend, that you know, it's just understood. Like people will park wherever awesome. they can get to to walk down to that place. But every other time, it's it's just like you know the lady's house. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm sweet. looking for a good jumbo. Uh, sorry, gumbo jambalaya, and uh, how do you say the sausage name is Alduin? Um, oh, Andui. Andui, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what is it like? Got pig livers and stuff in it, or something? I think something like that. Yeah, I think it's it got livers in it, or something. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah and Dewey mm-hmm. is, it's good. Yeah, you know, I had uh, like uh, good some good alligator. Yeah, alligator's good. I like alligator. Yeah, it's alright. Alligator Dude. tail. It can just get really tough if they don't cook so it right. So always it's like they, more, you know? they've got different meat on them right like i think an alligator has three now this could be bullshit i know they have white and dark meat but i was under the impression alligators have three types of meat on their body 
and they're they have a fishier like belly meat i want to say and it's more and most people don't eat that because it just it's really really gamey i guess but then it now i don't remember which one it is but basically if you eat the tail or you eat the leg you're gonna have a completely different experience yeah and i believe the tail meat is the good white white meat that people prefer yeah that's that's what i had okay and i because i'm not really crazy about alligator honestly it's like fishy chicken like i would eat it if i was hungry but i'll tell you it's basically exactly the same as crocodile because i've had both (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah fishy chicken Mm, like they'll cut them they'll chop up the nuggets and fry them yeah all the restaurants around here and stuff like that and it you're kind of it, it's a it's a toss up between if you get any white meat or any dark meat. Like as to me, honestly, like to whether you'll eat it. Right. I don't think people. I think people that don't like it, it's probably because they never had the white meat version or whatever. They had that part of it, the tail meat or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's just like yeah, it's some definitely interesting stuff. Yeah. The uh, but yeah, beignets. There, if. This is a better question for someone who knew or I guess would know what the fuck a beignet was if it wasn't from New Orleans. Because I have, I assume it's something that I could eat in France and it would be better, but... Right. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know. It's like world-renowned world to have a beignet over in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Now, you can buy the... If you buy the mix and take it home, you you can make something that's not going to be drastically different from from what they do. But uh, but that that place, um, man, it's this famous fucking place, and I'm I'm forgetting the name of it. But the way the presentation, more than anything, and it's just like the way they put the sugar on and the type of sugar they use. So it's not a it's not it's it's the small differences that make a huge difference. Like you can, of course, like, yeah. I don't think that the beignet itself is that complex of a thing. I think you're just throwing dough into hot oil, but right. It's like a, well, they're stuffed usually with chocolate, some kind, you know, and it's like, huh? Okay, so not the ones, not down like that's not the traditional way to eat it. Yeah, Yeah. like the I don't even know if they sell them like that, honestly. Like like down there, I think I don't think they're stuffed with anything as far as just the ones you get at the coffee shop. Yeah. Not that you ever will be, like, like, there's no reason to be specifically, but if you're ever in Kuala Lumpur in Little India, mm-hmm. there's this dude who's, like, famous for making, not beignets, but, like, I guess their equivalent of it. Um, and he, he's just this guy who has, like, a massive oil pot on the street corner. No business or anything, but he has lines, like, three, four, five blocks. Oh, wow. Um, no, I, he there's just, a, I go all over the place, man. I'd, I'd love... Uh... I love shit like that. There's a there's a half a chance I will go see the guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you find him. He's in uh, Little India. He's near the main train station, in Little India. And dude, the stuff that he puts—I don't know how it tastes. Like, he just batters random stuff and throws it into uh-huh. this giant pot of oil on the street corner, and oh, wow. it's just so good. We uh, let's see. And I went with a friend and and my wife yeah and my wife went to uh to portugal not long ago we went to one of the places i have a friend from istanbul and we travel a lot together and whenever we can we don't we don't like go to an entire ass country for this reason but if we see that we happen to be somewhere and it's not that far out of the way we'll go to places that uh bourdain went to and oh nice so we went to this little place in um in portugal and it was basically 
the most rudimentary like childhood invention type food that you could ever think of it was just like straight up refrigerator hot dogs like like nathan's uh, hot dogs or whatever yeah. and he would cut, would cut them flat and uh let's see then he had bread on them and it would just be like the hot dog and the bread and it was fried and it might have had one other ingredient. It might have had a little bit of mozzarella or something. But it was, I don't know, man. It was just extremely simple. There was nothing fancy about it. And and it was still, it was, we went we back like three days in a row. <laughs> and it was just a fucking fried hot dog. Like, that's all it was. <laughs> well, Sometimes yeah. simple is good. And the people were standing like like you're saying like you had to. We found we there were two locations and and apparently one location was the only one that showed up like on on maps or something because that's where the long line was. And then my friend is always out wandering in the middle of the night. It's just something he does. And the next day he tells me he's like, I found another location around here. <laughs> we can go. He's like, it's outside of the square and everything. We'll go over there and like we went and it's like the secret second location that like no one is at. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Like that, but the other one that was like right in, right by the bus station and everything, and there was just fucking always a line. And the, but I guess the Portuguese people know to go to the other one. I don't know. The locals. Yeah, yeah. Or it was still. It was. I was just like the second day. I was like, I can't believe I walked across town for a fried hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Brendan, we're coming up on time. Did you have any other questions you wanted to ask? So, yeah, I got one more. Um, All right. So, making strange and odd and fun music. Um, is there any um, musician that uh, is kind of in the same weird realm that you want to work with? Make some cool Worms collaboration with. Oh man, there's a uh, there's lots of people that I would like as far as in a in a dream world but um yeah yeah like you could answer both like a dream world and uh, then like yeah. hey man a, re- a, a real one um so probably something that would never happen it would would be like to work with someone like justin pearson would be like that's probably as far as like a, a contemporary and a person uh, the way they approach things and everything that they're doing <clears throat> justin pearson has always impressed me more so than 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 most other people um and this is uh justin pearson from the locust and now mm-hmm. he's got um his deaf club planet b i really really like and uh he's just always doing different stuff but just the the way he's sort of approaches more like 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 Patton does too you know there's there's no there's no genre that he that he can't work in right like yeah. that but um here look like something that that I've that I've thought about, and I guess it's I don't know. It's kind of funny to say out publicly and not talk to these people about it. But there's a band called um, in a band called Street Sex um, in Austin. Yeah, and I really really like what that guy does. That that shit. That's some of the coolest stuff I've heard in a really long time. Is uh is what they did there. Um, let me look. What type quick, of stuff is it? That it's, let's see, what would you say? Uh, maybe it's got an older, almost a post-industrial feel to it, like maybe like Big Black or something like oh, that. Nice. And it's got sort of the lo-fi drum, drum sound 
and it's got kind of that um that like like it, and this might not make any sense but like almost like a post-apocalyptic sort of a an approach or an aesthetic okay you know sort of like a like a like an underworld sort of it, sort of feel to it kind of like comic bookish is it like, street sex yeah. or sex sex like a like a cult that's what i thought okay i'm looking at yeah no, yeah cool. it's, it's uh it's really cool stuff um and i'm looking oh here we go because i don't want to forget things that i would normally say um as far as that goes bands uh I love the I like album what, uh, on his singles. These yeah, really that, cool. that's that stuff's really cool. There's a yeah, uh, that's there's a couple saying. other ones. It's got that like I've... that uh, like noir feel to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then and I and I like the way the music's put together. There's a um, there's another band that they were that the guy is involved in that I also really really like, but I'm not I'm not certain of who that is. And also I think he might be. Young. He might have been in head, head might have been in Headwound City or uh, fuck. What was the other band he might he might have been in? Shit, I can't remember now. Um. Anyway, I think if you if you look into it, one of those guys is also in in another band that I really really like. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. I might. What's it? I feel like. They played shows with Portrayal of Guilt. Okay, yeah. But I and I believe think... one of there's a band called Glassing that are some friends of ours that um Oh yeah. They and he I wanna say they shared a drummer at some point, maybe. And that might even be how I how I heard of the guys. There's another a band in um and it's also in Texas. They are in uh like College Station area called uh Black Catholics. And Black Catholics. I don't even think they're together anymore, but they made a couple of a couple of EPs or a couple of records or something. Um and that was really cool. We uh we played a show with them and they used so much smoke from a smoke machine that I couldn't even, that I didn't even get to see the band play cuz they used that much smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and i like i went and like done i honestly like played the show because i wanted to see the band more or less like that was that was my that's what i was excited about doing was going to see that band more so than go play the show and i, I had to fucking see, go outside because of the smoke <laughs> i can only see one release from them from 2018 does that sound about right yeah probably so from, from texas black catholics yeah. from texas yeah okay. yeah cool and if i don't still if i remember there's maybe like a wheelchair the cover or something it's all in black and white maybe but it's uh, like a hand with a nail through it okay that's yeah that's them yeah and uh there's another band um tongue party that i saw like from the last couple years that that was really cool they came they came through here and they brought like tons of like just random mixed up amplifiers and combos and like a big stack of just random fucking amps are they the ones from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota? Yeah, yeah, they're from. Yeah, they are from Minnesota. Cool. I'm gonna check them yeah, out. Yeah, I, really, I really like those guys. Sweet. Cool. Um, well, I have uh, one more question for you then to, to wrap right, things cool. up. Um, this might put you on the spot very slightly, but uh, All right. if you were stranded on a desert island, 
and you had a solar-powered Discman and three CDs to listen to on repeat until you got rescued, what would you want those to be? I don't think it, it's, it's probably not that hard because I've kind of been doing that and I'm not on a desert. um no i'll i get i get in a mood where so like right now it's um the uh and it's not even a band that i would say i'm a huge fan of at all um but it's just where i'm stuck right now uh the Masson record the hunter but I can also mm-hmm. just take uh, like Curl of the Burl. For some reason, I can sit down and I'll listen to the song like literally 20 times in a row without stopping because I'm maybe I'm trying to figure one thing out or just I just like the what it, you know, the way it makes me feel or whatever. But I, I would say I did that probably for 20 or 30 years straight with Bad Motorfinger. I've, I've probably listened to that record at least once a week to once a month since i first heard it you know like when i was 12 yeah. or whatever wow um so that that would be easy like for some reason i could probably listen to that album forever and, and never get tired of it at all um so probably that one and uh then i might have to take like a nick cave record maybe nice. the from like the cannibal uh from the abattoir like maybe the abattoir double record nice because that <clears throat> those CDs will fit in the same box. Um, and I can listen to I can listen to the first couple of Helmet and Jesus Lizards records all the time, probably. Um, but I think that the thing that I've heard recently that I've that I'm probably will be stuck with for the rest of my life now, and I'm kind of upset I've missed out on the time. Is um so we played that show with uh with fucking fear with fiend without a face and so this so Brent Hines has another band called West End Motel okay and I don't know what I was doing or where I was when all this came out but I missed it but West End Motel has an album all the albums are really really beautiful but there's one of them that I haven't been able to stop listening to called only time can tell it's a west Mo- west end motel record okay All and right, it'll sweet. make you super happy like this when i first heard this i think i listened to it about two or three times a day for two weeks and even aside from being a neurotic person i think a normal person could enjoy listening to it more than more than once or twice even <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i got nice this seems like a good spread all right um, so the last question then, which is the last easy one, is um, if people want to support the band, listen to the music, buy merchandise, uh, stay up to date with what you're doing, what are the best places to follow you and, and buy from you? Um, Money-wise, if you go to Bandcamp and YouTube and Apple Music, those are probably not just for us, but in, in general, if you're going to buy from a from a band that doesn't have any fucking money then those are the three those are the three places that that we get paid the most um mm-hmm. you know aside from someone coming to a show and buying something which is, is you know is the best way to do it but um <clears throat> yeah everyone knows spotify's fucked but but bandcamp is a good way you know you get most of the money and i know some people bristle about the fees but you know i'm not going to build my own 
fucking server so i'm i'm good right. with it <laughs> yeah we're on we're on band camp at worms um and there's a youtube channel and believe it or not even when you don't know how to run a youtube channel you can still kind of get paid nice and then social media as far as like following the band keeping up to date um the old people's shit mostly like um facebook and then i think that someone's taking care of instagram i think that still gets taken care of um i think we have the other ones but i don't think that 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 they do much you know like on twitter or whatever i think if i'm not mistaken facebook would probably be the best way okay awesome well yeah yeah please do that facebook thank you so much for coming on the show and and, uh taking the time to chat with us and uh, thank you all I appreciate yeah, really. that uh, appreciate the next the, tour the that you guys do goes a lot smoother. Yeah, yeah, me too. The last one was uh last one was was great. It's the the new one's looking good, but uh yeah, I think we're out of the woods with all the the bullshit so far. Even the yes, um sir. we were all going to get sick again this winter supposedly, but it looks pretty good so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Defined yeah, predictions. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> but thank you guys. I appreciate the interest and, and the opportunity and all that. absolutely yeah Yeah, no anytime man for everyone listening at home tune in next week we'll be back with another guest all right